0: This is episode number 249 of the Rising Man Podcast with Dominique DeVita. You are an instrument of sexual healing, just in case you didn't know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rising Man Podcast. My name is Jetty Azuma, and I am your host for today's episode. I have a wonderful guest here joining me today. Dominique DeVita is a trauma-informed master coach, a certified tantra educator, sex expert, and registered nurse. She believes that by blending science and spirituality, we can better understand our bodies, respect ourselves, and deepen our connections with our partners. Dom uses a holistic approach in coaching to focus on harnessing the power of your body to master self-love. Her mission is to help people live life fully from a place of magic, love, and abundance. In this episode, Dom and I discussed the psychological block with men, especially when it comes to discussing sex and intimacy. We talked about the power that men have to be instruments for sexual healing for women if they have the proper training. We talked about how porn as a primary sex education tool has twisted perceptions of what women want and why our brain is actually our largest sex organ. Dom also told us why there shouldn't be any shame around sex since we're all created from sexual energy and how meditation, improving your diet and hydrating can all help you last longer in bed. Last but not least, Dom wanted to make sure every man knew just how powerful they are and how much more pleasure you can experience in your body and share with your partner or lover, and how this will impact all areas of your life. Without further ado, Dominique DeVita. Okay, Rising Man family, I've got another wonderful guest joining me here today, Dominique DeVita, coming in live here from Austin, Texas. So good to have you here. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me to join you. This is going to be an amazing conversation all
0: about rising. Yes. You know, quick, quick, quick story. Uh, one of my, one of the things I love to laugh at the most when, when we first started rising man and we were all over Facebook, uh, somebody I know invited uh, a friend of theirs. Actually, I think it was a a relative. I think it was their father and invited him to the rising man Facebook group. And he said, what is this? This is something for guys who can't get it hard, get it up or get hard. (laughs) That's Um, but yes, we certainly want to tap into your expertise. Um, as people will hear about in the intro, you have uh, quite a background and experience, whether when it comes to um, being a trauma-informed coach and also a tantra educator, a sex expert. You're very well-rounded, and uh, I'm looking forward to tapping into your wisdom today. Um, I always start off with this question, though, so we got to start here. And I, I think you'll have a, I think you'll be able to answer this one pretty easily. In your opinion, what does it mean to be a man?
1: Mm, man, that's a good question.
0: I know, sometimes I feel like it's unfair to ask the ladies, but your opinion but no, on this is really no, important. No,
1: like this is because this is where um this is so interesting to me because I just started my men's group yesterday and when I was doing things and meditating today, I thought, you know what? I want to ask the men in my group, what do you wish that men understood about you? Cause I think there's so much about our perception. So then to follow up with you asking me, this is like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, I think, say it again, what are my thoughts of my perception of what a man is?
0: Yeah. Just what does it mean to be a man? Yeah. To you. I
1: think that like when I grew up, I'm of an older generation, I'll be 55 on Halloween. And Growing up, especially in Texas and with the patriarchy, there was a way that we thought that we were programmed to think men should be, which has been very limiting to men. So you think they're the perfect protector, the provider, they're always strong, they never show emotions, they're never afraid, you know. And those are the things that you you think about them. And then whenever, as I've been really learning what it's like to be a man. And of course I don't have the experience, but I'm very open to learning from men. And what I've learned is like, they're just humans having a human experience. And it's so exhausting to like, always be the the strong one. You, you know, who has your back, you know, who do you get to lean on? And you all, you know, and you don't get to show emotions because then you're, it's viewed as weak, but you're human having a human experience. You're not a robot and having emotions is part of the human experience. So where do you get to express yourself without someone thinking or viewing you as less than. And so, and I read the book years ago about mask of masculinity. So I've really been on this quest to really understand because I feel that part of the problem in our society is that for so long and in past generations, it's been the battle of the sexes. And that is keeping us being, you know, adversaries instead of allies. And if instead of trying to say, Oh, I have it worse. It's so hard to be me. You know, as a woman, yes, I have periods and I have babies and things like that, but I would much rather have a period and have childbirth and pregnancy than the things that men go through from my perspective, at least when I get pregnant one, I know it's mine. I mean, there's a whole list of things we could go on. Oh yeah. You know, I don't have a certain performance anxiety. If I orgasm fast, I'm winning. Like there's a lot of things that are a lot easier for women. There's a lot of pressures that men have that women don't think about. And when I guide my, the, my female clients, I let them know, like, are you aware these are some of the challenges that your partner may be having or, you know, what their experience is. Yeah. And so I say that all to say that if instead we try to with compassion as like brothers and sisters, just like this conversation here, we came together and we're like, hey, what is that like for you? What are the challenges that you're having? Mm. You know, how can I support that? And then again, like women's bodies being so regulated by the government and there's so much oppression on women by, in our society and not a lot of safety in society for women. So then that puts them in a in a state of being so defensive. And then men not understanding women's issues. So then they might be voting for the very politicians that are creating the most stress to women. are And they're really pushing women down. Not being aware because that's not your issues and vice versa. But if we understood, then even with our vote or with our actions, with the way we use our dollar, we could support one another to have those oppressive structures fall away
0: well let, let's unpack that a little bit because yeah. I think that's a really important part of the dialogue even just yeah. that terminology the battle of the sexes right I think there even used to be a TV show called that right like this is this is a cultural thing where it's men versus women right male versus female you know Mars versus Venus and what, even though as a society I think that dialogue is is shifting, it's actually more like turn, trying to turn the Titanic, right? We don't just spin and do a full 180 on that overnight or even in one generation, it really takes time. And I, I love what you're saying here because I think a lot of times the narrative falls in favor of women and the hardships women have, which is which is really important because for, for far too long, that was completely ignored. But the reality is, is that there hasn't been enough acknowledgement on both sides of just the challenges and the things that we go through. So. I think that that's really beautiful. And I think that's a really important part of the healing process is that collectively, we all take time to consider the experiences that we are not having. As myself and I identifying as a man, it's important for me to consider the experience that women are having on this planet. And this is something that it first dawned on me when I was living in New York City in my 20s that I would walk down the street with my headphones on and take the subway late at night. And I told some of my female friends this, and they're like, are you crazy? you're going to get mugged. something, And I just didn't even think about it because that, that sense of safety was so, and I had no perception of how different my experience was than some of my female friends. So all of that to say, like you, like you, like you acknowledge, there's a lot of different pieces that we could pick out there, but even some of the ones that you just rattled off about the, almost like the polarity of it, right? How uh, achieving a fast orgasm as a woman is like, (laughs) you're winning, right? (laughs) Um, That's, it's so opposite to what we experience as men. So I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. I think that's something that's going to be really helpful for the men that you're leading to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, honestly, as I began this journey, I've been a nurse for decades. I've been a nurse since I was 19 and I was 44 and I was very much in an unhealthy masculine. I don't believe there's a toxic masculine. I think that we can have an unhealthy masculine. I think we can be living in a toxic environments and have some toxic relationships and situations, but I was in my unhealthy masculine and I was just being very guarded and I was treating sex as conquest. I was like Samantha on sex in the city. I was very much into my ego, not to just say men are only ego. We can all do that. But I was in the, these very unhealthy aspects of myself. And I was not, I had been interested in Tantra for a decade, but I was only interested in it again for ego because I heard about Sting singing about or talking, the singers saying having sex for five hours and I'm a Scorpio born on Halloween. And I was like, Oh, sex for five hours, sign me up. I want to know about that. But then that thing that I was curious about, I delayed my journey for a a decade because so many people think Tantra starts with having a partner. And I will have so many men will say, Oh, I need to wait till when I get a girlfriend, I'll do that. It's like, you will find a better girlfriend once you've done this. And it's more challenging to master it with a partner. And we'll get into that later. But I delayed my journey for a decade thinking I needed a partner. And then the universe brought me someone when I went to do travel nursing in LA, he had dated a tantra coach for a, a year or had been doing the work for a year and had dated a tantra coach and he'd really mastered like non ejaculatory orgasms lasting for hours. And I had an experience with him, not knowing he didn't tell me he'd studied tantra and we hooked up, we went on a date and hooked up. And I had this profound experience with prolonged states of pleasure where I literally had a kundalini awakening, like a soul gasm, and it opened up my third eye and my crown chakra and radically started shifting me as a human. Like I am like that person before then, I would have to reintroduce people to me me again because I'm not that same person. Thank goodness. A lot of that had to die away. And if it wasn't for a man, I would have been stuck in those same cycles to this day. And so that's why I'm so passionate about letting men know like the sexual healing Marvin Gaye would sing about, like you have so much power, like conscious cock is medicine. You have so much ha- power for the healing of the feminine on the planet. When you tap into how powerful and how sex can be so cathartic and deeply healing for mm-hmm. both of you.
0: Well, I- I'm sure you have everyone's attention now, especially, especially the men who are listening. are like, okay, you've got me. Tell me more. Let's start with where, uh, I guess, what what are some of the obstacles for uh, specifically men to be able to be that type of instrument for like you said, sexual healing, sexual awakening, you mentioned to me before we started the recording about uh, porn, and how porn being the primary sex education tool for a whole generation has really warped our perceptions of what sex is and what sex could be. So just give us your perspective on that as a baseline.
1: Yeah. So for so long, you know, there's been so much shame in our society about sex, but we're literally created from sexual energy. There should be no shame in such creation. But we've been taught to have shame about it. And then we don't get the right education because education is either based on fear, or abstinence or shaming. So then we go out of curiosity, of course, to look at adult videos to try to figure it out. And we think that because they're porn stars we give them this celebrity status. They're getting paid. They must be the best. So let me be sure I take notes and really watch what they do. And if I do that, I mean, look how much these women are enjoying that. They are paid actresses. That is not what women want. Mm. You know, I have a friend that is in the Hall of Fame for porn, and she's a living legend in the porn world. And I actually introduced her to her current husband, who's a surgeon I worked with. And whenever they went on their first date, I told them, whatever you do, if you have sex with her, do not have sex with her. Like you see in the movies, she is not going to like that. That's going to feel like work, you know? Mm, (laughs) And so when she would talk about being on set, she wouldn't even refer to it as sex. She would legit say, oh, that thing that I do when I work. Oh, that's just cardio with penetration. Like to her, it was just working out and being penetrated. And that was it and they're getting paid. So men, but see, and they're thinking these women are really enjoying it. So then of course you try it with your lover. I'm not shaming them for that. Of course. I thought I went by and looked at stuff back in the day. to so think, oh, it would be really hot if I had a like guy was with it. We just like turned a porn on and try to like copy what they're doing in the porn, you know, it's typical fucking Scorpio, but you know, that's a whole other story. And that's what I was thinking. So I'm not blaming anyone, but it has really been dumbing us down on how powerful, We are. I don't think it's a mistake that that type of media is so readily available because it's literally draining men of like their life force power when they're frequently ejaculating or draining your chi, your vital force energy.
0: Well, I I think it goes both ways, too. I know a lot of the emphasis of the influence of porn is on men and, and males. Right. Um, but I, I believe that there's also an impact on, on women and females too, uh, very similar to, um, like the swimsuit models and, um, uh, sports illustrated, right? Like cover models, playboy, um, Photoshop, all of those things that have created these false images in our head of what we need to be. And you start to look at what is happening to us as a society and what we think we need to be, um, physically our physical appearance. And I don't think that the porn industry or or our, our sex culture is that much different. I think it affects all of us Um, in comparison to what we see when we look at some of, some of the porn porn that is out there, what would you say is a more typical or ordinary or even desirable sexual experience in comparison to what's portrayed in those, in those images?
1: Just really having the intimacy and your, your presence is a gift, the more present and dropped in and out of not being so much in your fantasy mind, the more presence that you can have and connection you can have with your partner, that's going to be what they crave the most. And then creating a sense of safety also for them. So they're feeling safe in their nervous systems so they can fully relax and surrender and trust you as their pleasure guide. Mm. Because yeah. the, the especially if they've had past traumas and things, women, if they're always, even if they don't know it, if they're doing this subconsciously and they're being hypervigilant and constantly scanning for safety, orgasm is not going to intersect at the same place. It does not live where hypervigilance lives. This has to drop for Mm -hmm. orgasm to happen. Mm -hmm. So a lot of safety and in porn with women, you know, there's the unrealistic beauty standards, but then there's so much fantasy and what, what adult videos do for men is there's younger and younger men are having erectile dysfunction because their dependence on porn. So imagine you're getting a rapid fire sequence of money, shot, money, shot, money, shot, like pussy, tits, ass, pussy, tits, ass. Right. And then whenever you're with a lover, and especially if you're doing missionary position or the lights are out, your your dick is like, hey, man, where's all the stimulation we used to get? Like, where's all the right. pictures? And right. your brain is your largest sex organ. So it's impacting your brain and um, then all of a sudden you'll lose an erection because it's used to this excessive visual stimulation
0: Mm.
1: and you're numbing out your other senses because you should use all of your senses with pleasure and with intimacy, drop into all of your five senses. And that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. And and I can confirm that just having, having spoken to thousands of guys, one of the things I hear I've heard a lot more of the years is younger and younger men who are having, like you said, uh, early or early orgasms, which has not been an uncommon thing for a long time, but also having a difficulty achieving and sustaining an erection. And many of them have been able to remedy that by removing porn, but it's it's a long process, especially, I think I heard a statistic a, a while back that our first exposure to porn, and this is a few years ago, it might've changed. Our first exposure to porn as boys happens around the age of eight on average.
1: Wow. And then by the age of
0: 10 or 11, that there's frequent and habitual use or, or viewing of sexual images. And and from so from that age, it becomes a daily routine habit. And of, so, of course, it's going to shape our idea of what that is. And for myself, I never got the sex talk when I was a kid, <laughs> right? That was something that I, I figured out by talking to my friends. And obviously porn is a huge influence for me, just like it was for many other people in my generation too. So it makes a lot of sense why we've had to do that. Now you said something that I think is really fascinating. Our brain is our largest, our largest sex organ. And you were also talking about presence and how important presence is when it comes to sexual intimacy and really that the deeper connection that's possible. Uh, What's the role of fantasy in that? Because I think I heard you allude to the fact that sometimes fantasy, I think of that as escaping in some ways from presence. Uh, But I know that that's something that helps facilitate intimacy and arousal for people too. So what's your perspective on that?
1: And you can use, you know, you can use fantasy and sometimes that can get the party started or help you get more aroused or help you stop thinking of the stressors of the outside world. So you can get more into like having pleasure, mm-hmm. but you don't want to get so lost in the fantasy that your partner feels like you're checked out. Cause especially for men, women are very, the feminine is very intuitive. So it can literally, like I said earlier, it can feel like you're just masturbating inside of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then that creates some resentment. Cause it's like, well, gosh, did I even need to really be here for this?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I just
1: feel like my body got used. Sure. Right. And so one of the things that with your brain being your largest sex organ, and I've been a nurse for a long time. I was able to take the role of an assisting surgeon. So if a surgery required two surgery, a surgeon surgery required two surgeons, I could take the role of an assisting surgeon. I help with open heart surgery. Now I've learned that tantra is the tools that really opens people's hearts. And I also would help with neurosurgeries and brain surgeries. So it's really interesting. Now I'm helping my clients with neuroplasticity. And creating longer, prolonged pleasure pathways in your brain. Because again, the brain's the largest sex organ. And whenever imagine like a ski slope with neuroplasticity, the grooves of the brain, the more people, the more times, more frequently you've gone down that pleasure path, use that fantasy, use the, watch the adult video, whatever, you're creating the groove deeper and deeper into your brain. It's like a slippery slope and you can go down it really fast. But then, if you go off-roading and you go off a new little path, it's kind of bumpy and it's not as worn, and it takes more time. So, with my clients, I'm guiding them to creating new, prolonged pleasure pathways that helps them last longer. And I support men in overcoming EDPE and adult video addiction, and and the uh, adult video addiction that is such a it's a much more challenging one. It's not easy, definitely, but you got to think whenever men, whenever you're boys and you first start to sell pleasure back in the day, you might get lucky and find, uh, your dad might have a Playboy magazine. Okay. But usually it would be like a Sears catalog with maybe a swimsuit model or some lingerie, you know, max. And you're just seeing a still image. What's happening now in our society is with the videos being available to younger and younger males. Then they're actually, when they're, early, you know, laying these foundations of how they're, you know, connecting to their body and their orgasm. It's with these video images and it's happening for over a longer period of time, like from preteen to teen. Right. And so there becomes more of that dependence on that because you're getting all of that visual stimulation and you start to need that. Another thing is a lot of times men will be really rough as they stroke themselves and they grab themselves with this super grip. And if a woman is really wet, there's not going to be that kind of like gorilla grip (laughs) happening. You know what I'm saying? Like all the time. And if they're having like two spot orgasms and things like that, but you almost get desensitized or men, not you, but men, some men can get desensitized by needing that extra stimulation. So then also they might, you know, go and lose the erection If then, you know, they're with a woman and she's getting really wet and really aroused and turned on and it isn't like that super tightness that they're getting, they're kind of getting used to in their brains. And the best thing to help with being better in bed is because of your brain being the largest sex organ is meditation. The longer a male can stay in a meditative practice, in a meditative state, the longer he can last in bed. The longer a woman can stay in a meditative state, the easier it will be for her to orgasm. Our monkey mind is constantly distracting us from our pleasure. And the other part of this is when young boys or young men are first self-pleasuring, even for women, we don't want to be caught by our parents. So we learn how to get from point A to point B very fast. So then already your first experiences as your body's laying these foundations down is doing it fast. So then when yeah. you're with a lover, you want to slow down and your body's like not used to doing that.
0: So this is really good. Let's unpack some stuff here. Yeah, for I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You're great. You're, so... you're, you're just bringing, you're opening up a bunch of things. So the first thing I think we all need to just pause and really identify is how we're training ourselves to have a certain expectation and requirements to achieve sexual pleasure. I think that's something that gets overlooked because everybody's talking about porn, everybody's talking about masturbation. It's almost taboo. And I think some people they they go on these um porn diets, right? Or, you know, celibacy from porn and masturbation, the nofap stuff, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But understanding the purpose underneath that of what that time is for, reconditioning our bodies. It's like if you are You've been eating sweets your whole life and all of a sudden you're told that you're pre-diabetic you have to completely change your habits but it doesn't just happen overnight and your body doesn't just change its chemistry overnight there's there's physical programming there's uh biochemical programming that's being rewired when we when we recondition ourselves and especially for for those of us who maybe had our first exposure to porn between 8 and 12 years old we're talking about decades and a lot of the guys, especially when we're teenagers, right? Masturbating several times a day, right? Like it was a hobby. So just acknowledging that there's a lot of undoing that, that needs to happen for some of us, right? We all, again, we all have our different experience, but that that's a huge component of it. And then looking at that piece you said about meditation and how that can help us to have a different experience sexually, that sounds to me like it's, of course, it's about presence, but it's also about our ability to command our attention. And so because you, you're talking about the monkey mind, is that does that sound yeah. about right? Am I interpreting you're, that? Properly? No,
1: you've got it because the monkey mind has us jumping around or thinking of the long list of things we forgot to do or a stressor mm. from the day or something we're dreading the next day. Mm-hmm. And we're not fully in our bodies, but we operate in our modern world from the neck up most of the time. And we have a challenge even dropping into our bodies.
0: So this is cool as I'm, as I'm sure I'm the, I bet there's a lot of men who are really hooked now and they're like, okay, well, what are some of the things that I can begin doing or even begin considering? I I'm sure that there's a different approach for everyone's unique situation, but even just generally speaking for somebody, let's say an ordinary man who's listening, who has had a regular or frequent habit with porn and masturbation has a difficult time, um, lasting in, in in bed, uh, maybe has some issues with achieving and sustaining interaction. What are, what are some of the common things that you would prescribe to somebody early on in that process?
1: Yeah, such a great question. And I think, I think about the no fat. I'm not really for the no fat because one pleasure is medicine. And today that we're recording this, it actually is world pleasure day.
0: Oh, is it? (laughs) Okay. So,
1: So I'm loving that we're going into this, but pleasure is medicine. And so if men are disconnecting from their pleasure and making them themselves bad or wrong for enjoying their body, like you are your longest lasting relationship from your first breath to your last. And if anyone deserves to enjoy your body, it's you, you're wired with these amazing sensations. Can you be more intentional about it? And just be aware of your, what you're consuming. Like you said, like be aware of the process. You might want to do a detox for a minute. Like sometimes we're going to shift on a diet. You might just do a, you know, cold turkey, do a detox, do a dick tox whatever you got to do, you know, just like pause for a second and hit a reset button, mm-hmm. but don't just deny yourself pleasure because then what's going to happen is it's going to try to bubble up. It's kind of like having a bunch of um, beach balls and trying to push them under the water. And it's such, you'll exhaust yourself because you're going to be finding something that's so natural to you. It's like, can you have a different relationship with your pleasure? And can you even experience Pleasuring yourself is even a, a self-love ritual, a self-pleasure ritual and use it to empower me, you.
0: Can I interrupt for just a moment? Please so go, I, 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 see, to... I see a lot of these dudes on Instagram who are talking about semen retention and I can just see the IG reels in my head of like a man under a waterfall sitting there meditating and, and they're promoting semen retention, which again, I don't think that any of these things that folks are promoting out there are all good or all bad, right? I think it's, mm-hmm. but just like, a carpenter, right? You, you you don't use a screwdriver to try and hammer in a nail. So I think it's important to understand the the function and the purpose behind using these things like semen retention. So I'm curious to get your perspective specifically on that because it sounds like you're not all for guys just blocking themselves from having pleasure and orgasm. So I just want to hear your perspective on all that.
1: Yeah. I, I got him in like, I had one client that He was in his sixties and Viagra was failing him. He couldn't make love to his wife of 30 years. And I started coaching him on some techniques and within weeks, their sex life started improving after six months. It takes a while because remember you, your brain, you've been used to having this relationship with your body for so long. So it's like unwiring and building new things in, you know, you, it didn't just happen overnight that you had this challenge. So it's not just going to be remedied overnight. But within six months, he was able, he shared with me, he's like, before work, I made love to my wife for an hour. She had six to eight orgasms. He said, I had an erection again. The next day I was ready to go again. He goes, I feel so much power in my penis. I wish I discovered this 15 years ago mm-hmm. He goes, I'm having better sex with my wife at 60 than when we were in our thirties, which is amazing. So when it's not too late and pleasure can be Awesome. Semen retention has a lot of benefits from it. It improves your vitality. You're not constantly draining your life force energy. But based on your age and your health, you should only have so many ejaculations per week or per month, hmm. ideally. But when I guide my clients on this and they're wanting to learn it, I'm like, but then if you ejaculate, don't shame yourself about it and like literally beat yourself up about it. Hmm. Like that, that's your body just doing what it's made to do. Like, I don't think we need to make ourselves wrong or bad or shame or that. Don't do this and don't do that. I think it's like, have awareness. How is this serving me? What is my intention to not do it? What am I wanting to channel that energy? in? because we don't just need to, we don't just only create a human life with our sexual energy. If you've read the book by Napoleon Hill, Thinker and Grow Rich, chapter 11 is titled The Mystery of Sex and Sexual Transmutation. That is channeling your sexual energy towards your life's desires, towards your passions, to tap into your creative genius. It's believed that Thomas Edison, um, Einstein, and Nikola Tesla did these practices. And I know Nikola Tesla spent time in India. So I feel like tantra practices really guide you in sexual transmutation. So it's like you can channel that energy so you have more oomph, so you can channel it towards your passion projects, your purpose. What kind of life do you want to create for yourself? And if you think about it, if we were born and we were created, our life began with or get you know, sexual energy. If we want to hit a reset button on our life and recreate our lives, wouldn't we go back to that very essence, that very energy that first created us and tap into it and see how empowering it can be for us? Like we can do these practices and they can empower us or they can drain us. It's all in our practices, our intention, our awareness.
0: So uh, now you've got me curious. uh, We don't have to, I'm not going to expect you to lay out what the standards are for how many orgasms a man should have per week, depending on his age. But when it comes to longer term semen retention, is there also a cost to not uh, having orgasms for an extended period of time?
1: I think you should at least... I mean, because one, you're going to have an orgasm still. That's the thing. When instead of just saying semen retention, when I work with my clients, I'm showing them how to or guiding them on how to have non-ejaculatory orgasms. So they're still having orgasms. So then they start having full body orgasms like a woman would have because the energy instead of being shot out through your penis, it's going up and inward with breath work and with awareness and through your chakras and you're raising it up. And it's, you're charging up your system. You're charging up your organs with this energy.
0: Okay. That's a good distinction then. So um, specifically speaking about ejaculation, because I think semen retention is about uh, not having an ejaculation. Is there a period of time, like, is there uh, any kind of reference or timetable on how often we should have an ejaculation so that that energy also doesn't build up within us?
1: it should be usually it it varies usually depending on how young and healthy you are you might ejaculate one to three times per week um if you're getting advanced in age or have some health issues you might just ejaculate once per month because in the Taoist, like chinese medicine the Taoist beliefs are very similar to tantra and i've um, attended workshops with master montauk chia and he had his youngest son when he was 65 he's been teaching this for over 40 years and i was at a workshop with him. He's in his early seventies and that dude's energy. He's like an energizer bunny. And he traveled across all time zones from Asia was on a six month tour. You know, you think someone would be jet lagged. He had more energy than any of us. He was blowing my mind. Like he really does these practices to charge himself up. So in the Taoist beliefs, they believe that The reason on average that women's lifespans is longer than males is that men lose a lot of their life force energy through frequent ejaculation. It's your Mm. chi, your life force energy, Mm. and you're literally shooting it out of your body. And then how many millions of lives could have been created from the fluids, all the Mm. DNA, everything that's in there, then you, the minerals. So then you need to regenerate that. So even sometimes when women can be upset, if a guy doesn't call them the next day, It can also be a little bit in their subconscious or their body saying, Hey man, we just need to pause for a second. Mm -hmm. We need to replenish what just was released. Give us a moment, you know? And so if you look at when women and men have sex, that's why men will fall asleep quickly after sex. And women will be more charged up and more talkative and have more energy. Women get depleted with their energy through childbirth, pregnancy, um, and menstruation, just like after in pregnancy, when they're shedding all this stuff and they're losing nutrients and fluids, they're more tired. They have to replenish that. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Muhammad Ali, he would not have sex for like six weeks before a match because he would lose that extra fire and that extra oomph. So he wouldn't ejaculate because, and they say this a lot with pro athletes, you'll feel more tired and sluggish the next day. So yeah. this is all about like peak performance out into the world of like really showing up fully charged and energized. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so let's circle back. Cause I don't, I think we might've veered off a little bit when okay, I asked I you sometimes. about what is, and that's okay. That's okay I, I lost track of it too. What would be the, some of the beginning steps for somebody? I know you referenced yes. some of these exercises or practices. Uh, even, you can even just speak generally about it. What does it look like for a man to take ownership for Uh, re rewiring his sexual energy?
1: Yeah. Great question. One, the first thing is going to be to do um, a meditation practice, try to at least do meditation for 10 minutes every day and see if you can build up from there. I was super resistant. I have a little bit of an ADHD brain. I've noticed as, as I've aged and um, the headspace app is what helped me the most. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't meditate. I have like a thousand tabs open in my brain. But it's not meditation. The point of meditation isn't that you're going to have no thoughts. You're just not going to run and play with them. One thing that Headspace app says is, you know, it's like you're sitting on the sidewalk and you watch the cars drive by. You don't run in and play with the traffic. You just allow them. They're still there. You just let them pass by. Sometimes you might run in towards them, but don't judge or shame yourself. Just turn back to your breath, connect to your breath. So whenever you do these practices, you drop in more to your body because we're so disconnected from our bodies, right? So you're, you tap in and you understand that you're doing breath work practices, doing things. Um, I have a YouTube video that we can share as a resource, doing things like breath of fire to really start feeling that energy within your body and start making that mind body connection again, because we're so disconnected and connecting more to your bodies is another thing. And, um, just be more mindful of like playing around with what is it like if I am don't ejaculate right away, or what if I wait a day or so and look at your energy levels, look and see how you're feeling and how your day is going.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, What about um, just kind of painting the picture, especially for folks who are going to hear this and you're going to want to work with you. What is aside from doing some of the meditative and attention practices and breath retraining, what are, what are some of the other ways that you help people? What does yeah. it look like?
1: Um, you want me to share some more practices?
0: Yeah. Or yeah I guess just, I, cause I'm just, I'm just curious about what it looks like. And I'm sure other guys okay. are too. You know, how to, how do we become sexual healing instruments?
1: <laughs> yeah. One is just to, you know, our bodies are an amazing instrument to experience pleasure and doing things to fine tune your instrument. How are you nourishing your body? What kind of food are you taking in? And also with the quality of your erections, if you are eating a lot of meat, especially I grew up in Texas, right? So it's like, you know, I have steak and eggs for breakfast, eat big, you know, a lot of meat every meal and meat takes 24 hours or more to digest. So it never fully digests, and you just keep loading more meat in your gut. So what happens is our body, all the blood flow will go and be directed towards your gut so that you can digest the food. So it's shunting, it's stealing it away from your genitals because the digesting of the food is priority. So if you're eating meat and eating really heavy, dense foods a lot, your body is having to digest. And so your erections won't be as strong. So I even had a lover that he became vegan while we were dating. And I had been intimate with him for about a year. And all of a sudden. It was so wild because I knew his body. I was like, I could tell whenever he was inside me, like even the girth, like he was so much bigger. I was like, what is going on? He goes, I noticed. Yeah. Like ever since I started being a vegan and I'm not saying people should be vegan. I think, you know, having healthy fishes, I think having some meat in your diet is good. But if you just are constantly eating that, like allow your body to intermittent fasting, you know, change things up. And don't eat something really heavy before you're going to make love. That way your blood flow is going where it should be. And even for women, even though they don't need to have an erection, if they're eating really heavy foods too, they're still not getting as much blood flow to their sex organs, and that's going to keep them from having as much pleasure.
0: Hmm. Wow. I got to say, I I did not expect you to lead with meditation and improving your diet as the first steps to having a better sex sex life and sexual experience but it, it certainly makes a lot of sense
1: um yeah you yeah, level because how how sluggish do you feel after you eat a heavy meal
0: oh yeah yeah well, I'm, I'm i'm connecting the dots in my head of experiences i've had in the past um even thinking of carrie and i you know like if we've yeah. gone out and on a date and we had a big meal like, you know, we feel bloated, you feel heavy, you feel tired. It's it, It's definitely not the most sexy time.
1: And right then you had all everything. the intention of doing it. So even maybe having something where what if you had, you know, a rendezvous and scheduled it for early evening or an after, you know, there was an old, I think after an old song in the seventies called afternoon delight, it's popping oh, yeah. in my head right now. Right.
0: Yep. And,
1: um, I'm going back in a time machine. So <laughs> You know, having something earlier in the day when you have more energy because we can have the best of intentions. Even I have a lot of female clients and they're like, I really want to make love to my partner, but then I'm so tired at the end of the day. And I intended to. And you can have the best of intentions, and they're really wanting it too, but they're just their batteries depleted. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's just okay, maybe tomorrow. And then you just keep putting it off. And we want to be spontaneous and romantic. You need to prioritize your pleasure and schedule it in. And then like, go have an amazing, sexy rendezvous and then go have an amazing dinner afterwards. Like eat something light, a little light snack or something, and then go have sex for a while and then have a big dinner and, and rest together afterwards and see how different that is. And you'll uh, enjoy the sex a lot more.
0: I know that one of the challenges for for us, um, Carrie and I, in, in our sex life is just the, the schedules and having children, especially small children and having so much going on. Because, um, of course, we remember what it was like before we had kids, when we just had you know simple jobs, simple nine to five jobs. And it didn't matter if you were a little tired in the morning because nobody was going to wake you up in the middle of the night. You could still get your eight hours of sleep if you stayed up and had some intimate time and got to bed before midnight. right? and now it's like the circumstances of life are just so much more challenging so i have a lot of compassion for us and also just for parents in general which i think i'm sure it's a much bigger rabbit hole to go down but just thinking about how much the sexual intimacy changes when we have children into the fold and even if it's not children just other responsibilities that take precedent or priority over sexual intimacy and connection and just the the divide that you demonstrated there it's it's like, well, the only time that parents get time to themselves is at the very end of the day after the kids go to bed, which is definitely not the ideal time to have that intimacy. But it's like, well, if not, then then when are we going to do it? And um, I know for us, we've been uh, from for a lot from some of your recommendation has been figuring out these other times throughout the day, you know, maybe after the kids go to school, we ske- we schedule in a little bit of time in the morning. Um, and it, it definitely changes the, the dynamic when you can do that.
1: Yeah. And, I, and it reminds me, I don't know if you've heard of this documentary as a book, but they made a documentary on Netflix. I recommend your listeners, even if they don't have kids to watch this, um, but it's called Fair Play. And then I have this deck here, Fair Play, huh. and it's a card deck and you can like, it's going to, you're going to be asking one another, like which things you're doing around the household or the home or your responsibilities and things like that. Like kind of what load are you really carrying? Hmm. And I learned about this from Alexi and Preston and Preston said he did this with Alexi and he was shocked at how many more cards Alexi was holding. Cause he was really trying to show up and do a lot. And you know, him, like he really does do a lot as a dad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of like, when a woman is being the CEO of the home, there's a lot of behind the scenes things that they're doing that they don't even share and they won't even ask their partner to do because they're like, Oh, it's just easier for me to do it myself. And we don't understand. And then the woman is just so tired. So if a woman is really exhausted and if they're denying a lot of times, women will deny their own pleasure because they're always trying to be the super mom and they have all these demands on them and they're trying to make everything run smoothly, with everyone in the home and thinking of everything. And so then if they're putting their needs on the back burner and they're not even having a time to recharge for themselves, they're not going to tune into their lover's needs because then they're going to feel resentful. They're like, Oh, you want me to be turned on for you. I can't even, I'm exhausted over here. I can't even do anything. I haven't, I've been denying myself of pleasures and things I would enjoy for weeks or months or years now. And now it needs, I'm not even about me. I can't be about you, you know? And so if you would look at that and play that game, you would be really surprised. And even just delegating some things like having Instacart do the groceries or having someone do things to come clean the home or some other things tasks like staying your zone of genius. And also think of you shared, oh, when we had a regular nine to five. But whenever you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, you're creating a lot your sexual energy is your creative energy. So then if you're having to create and come up and do ideas and put things together, you're using a lot more bandwidth whenever you just go check in and punch in on a clock. And when you leave, the work is done. So a lot of your passion projects, a lot of those things you're infusing your sexual energy into. So then it's being channeled that way instead of into like your sex life.
0: Wow, that's a really interesting one. Yeah. I wonder how it's many the sacral chakra. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I you just got my mind, my, my brain staring now, and I realized that I started my first business going on like eight years ago now. And then wow. it's pretty much been a nonstop creative journey ever since. And as you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly coming up with new ideas and looking for different ways to iterate. And also, I think, as, are you okay if we go a little over the agreed time? Okay, cool. Because um, this just sparked in my head that. One of the experiences that I have as a man, and that I know other men have, is when there's some sort of incongruency in our sex life with our partners, and we feel like the relationship is a place where we don't know how to win, we we go somewhere else to look for how to win. And it's not necessarily we go outside of our relationship to find another partner. Sometimes, I guess, for some men, that's what they opt to do. But sometimes it's just, well, let me go focus on my work because I'm crushing it at work. Or let me go back to the gym, because I'm crushing it at the gym and I'm in great shape. And I think that's something that's maybe it's maybe it's more of a human instinct. But I know specifically for us men, when we don't know how to win somewhere, we turn our attention somewhere else, because it's so important for us to be hunting. And it's so important for us to be generating and, and being in that energy. And I know that's happened for me. I noticed it happened with Carrie as well, too. There's been times when we're both just so in our creative process that we 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 catch ourselves moving away from each other not that we stop loving each other because we, we we actually manage to stay very well connected but just noticing and usually it's Carrie that's like hey we both need to pause and we need to we haven't had a date in three weeks we need to come back together we need to make some time we haven't been intimate in a month something like that that'll just oh wow and what you're sharing it's helping me see just how easy it is for that creative energy to go find somewhere else to go if we don't know how to express it together.
1: And women are the same. I know that I'm the same. If I'm not doing well, even if I'm playing a game, I'm so silly. Like if I'm playing a video game for a little bit and Uh then I start losing because I did my strategy wrong, I'll just be like, I'm just going to start over. I can't even, I want to do it better to begin with. Like my perfectionist tendencies come in, but Uh it's almost like that thing of, again, if I'm not winning at this, I don't want to play. I'm playing this game to win. And if it looks like I'm losing, I just want to play another game. And I just think Uh it's still that thing of like, I'm not winning here. Where can I be winning? Yeah. Cause like no one wants to feel like a loser or that they're losing at something because yeah. it's so frustrating. And it's really hard to, for us to look at those things. And it's yeah. so important to schedule date nights. This is why I have decided, I mean, I don't even know if I was to get married again. I don't even know that I would live in the same home with a man. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. And this is why I have tried and I have communicated with partner after partner and said, I really need a date night. I really need a date night. Again, the brain is the largest sex organ. So for me, anticipating a date night and anticipating is great for me. Plus I'm a no, do I need to take a little nap? So I'm even more charged up if we want to go longer that night. Like I can plan my day accordingly and I just start looking forward to it. And then that starts my arousal cycle, and I was sharing with you earlier about the orgasm gap where men usually consistently 70 to 100% of the time have orgasms with sex, whereas women, it's like 30 to 60% of the time, right? But we need to be stimulated. And so we miss each other because our arousal scales work differently. Like men are like microwave ovens, you know, and they get, they get turned on really easy and then boop, they can be done. Women, we're like an oven. We need to be preheated. It might take 45 minutes to an hour to cook the dish, or it's gonna be cold inside, it's not ready. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. we need that time. So then men are already, they're so turned on to begin with. And then women, we could be so off if we haven't been thinking about it. We can be so off into our minds into somewhere else. It takes us a while again, especially if we don't have a meditative practice to get back into our body and be like, do we even check in with ourselves? Do we want that? And we start to play around with the idea it takes a while for us to get aroused. Our arousal cycle takes longer. It takes us up to 20 to 20 to 30 minutes to even get to being aroused. Sometimes men are done before 20 to 30 minutes, or they'll be like, Oh, here, just let me get some lube and let's just go. Or they feel like if a woman is a little bit wet that she's ready and women won't advocate for themselves. And I've not advocated in the past too, And been like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and go or but I and I can get there as I get turned on. But like if men would just take some more time, do more foreplay, but also scheduling the date. It got to feel like if I was in a relationship where I was married to someone or living with someone. That they're almost being taken for granted of like, oh, I don't really need to do a date night or anything because I get to lay down with this babe. At the end of the day, anyway. And then I'm going to run over, uh, you know, I'll spoon her and, you know, grind on her booty for a minute and let her know I'm ready. And then maybe I get to some action, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's like, you know, so then you just start to not put forth effort. And men also need to realize foreplay begins as soon as the sex act ends. So, like, how are you treating your partner? How are you speaking to them? You know, what ways are you showing up to them? Because a lot of times with women, it can feel like, you know, men treat us like we're these objects where they just insert coins of being nice to us and saying complimentary things and all of a sudden giving us their attention when they want sex to come out. And then after that, they're just ignoring what our needs are and they're off on their own worlds. And it's, oh, like you only want me when you, you know. So for me, I was just like, you know, if I don't live in the same home with anyone anymore, they will have to schedule a MNF and date night with me or they're not going to see me. You know what I'm saying? That's just to the point that I'm at right now. Yeah. I see. That what, might see change. Yeah. But I'm just like, I have talked and I have like, I've had several lovers. I have talked, I have communicated, I have tried every way I know how, and they just will not do it. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done with that. Cause what, too, I am older in my age, so I do love sex and everything, but at the same time, I'm not needing to have children. I'm in a, just a different stage in my life. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. do I really need to be looking for a conventional marriage? Is that really my highest priority right now? Cause a lot of men would have a challenge with, Oh, you're educating men about sex. Like that can be, that can be challenging. And I'm, I'm so passionate about my purpose. I'm just like, I can't slow down or not have these conversations to feed your ego When I know this is part of like amazing healing for the planet, this is bigger than me or whoever I'm with to me. Yeah. So there's layers to that for sure, but anticipation, make a date night. It will go so far for you and ask your partner, Hey, is there anything today I could help you with or take off your plate? You know, is there any, anything I could do to make your day easier? Like just trying to do those things and don't only be nice. Notice when you're just Making an extra effort because you're want, hoping to have sex.
0: Yeah, I I'll be the first to admit of being guilty of that. And I think what you said before about just the differences between men and women and how how easy it is for us to just be ready to go. I mean, it's it's something that Carrie and I joke about. She's like, man, and it in a moment, right? Like in a, in a moment's notice, it's like, oh, you're ready. Okay, let's go. For me, yeah. and she's really had to help me understand how how different it is for her. And I see that there's there's so many more opportunities where uh, I could be helping to, to build that intimacy throughout the day. And, and in my mind as a, as a man, I hear that as one more thing to do. That's like my initial thing is like, Oh, wow, there's, oh I know. There's, so there's a many lot things. that
1: men do. Yes.
0: There's one more thing that I got to track, right? Cause we're, I'm I'm like one target at a time and one more thing to track. It's easy to, to forget and to lose sight of it. But when but what really if you care. scheduled
1: on your calendar date nights and you had that as a certain commitment of once a month of really having a date night, would you really need to track it?
0: Well, well, I'm talking more about the, the buildup to it and the yes. things that I could be doing in between. I, I think it's, it's a practice. Yes. I think it's really a practice, right? It's it's a practice or getting into the behavior of doing that because it's not something that I'm currently practiced in. But I've also done it for periods of time where we'll, we'll build up a date night and I'll send her messages throughout the day and do things even a few days in advance. And it has exactly Mm -hmm. the outcome that you said. It's so much different. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something I got to train myself to do. It's not just a snap your fingers. All of a sudden it's different.
1: It could be something that even set like, um, like little reminders in your calendar throughout that could say you're available, not busy but like sprinkle them out through Mm -mm. boop, 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 boop. And so you're just like, oh, like this is my, you know, my pleasure pause. This is my 15 minutes that I'm going to think of. I'm I'm building towards my future pleasure and connecting with my partner and seeing how they're doing and taking a moment. Mm. Another thing I want to add in here is that especially if a person has had some past traumas and things like that, they have a, they may not be even consciously aware of that their nervous system is dysregulated or they have had traumas, but if they have a quick, your partner has a quick startle reflex where they jump a lot and they're jumpy. I will do that. I'll have like a startle reflex. So my daughters would laugh and they come in the room and I would just like almost jump out of my skin. But a lot of times women have had some kind of traumatic experiences and, or with men or masculine, you know, with men, with some men, not all men, a lot of men are amazing. And then then the lover or our partner feels like it's sexy and they're trying to let us know that, wow, you're so sexy, baby, turn me on. So they'll come and like grab us really quick or reach out and grab a boob or smack us on the ass, you know, as like a thing of like, oh, yeah, like I'm I just didn't want you to know I'm so hot. But if we're in our mind of thinking something else, you're literally startling us. So you're raising our cortisol level. You're activating our (laughs) nerve, dysregulating our nervous systems.
0: Opposite of what we're trying to achieve. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Like what can you do to create more safety? So even when you're driving, Mm. like a lot of times men will like, that I've been with, I've noticed that they'll drive like too close to the other person's car or they're changing lanes really fast. And I'm not able to process like what's going on And the, the driving experience feels different. The way the seating, the seats are different in the passenger side than the driver's side. And you don't even feel as much of a sense of control when you're in the passenger seat. So if you're constantly doing these things like that or racing and some women, uh, my daughters have experiences, I've experiences of having an ex that would be angry And take be road raging towards us and trying to scare us or terrify us while we're passengers in their car. Mm. And so women can have had past experiences about that that have happened that may they may have felt like forgotten Mm. or are impacting them, but they haven't worked on it. Right. Mm. And then whenever men are driving a little more wild then it's not creating safety in her nervous system for her to relax. So if you're wanting her to feel in these sensual ways, the way orgasm comes from a woman is feeling fully safe, feeling relaxed, feeling they can trust you, that they can fully surrender and be held by you, and that they don't have to be on high alert. So try to do things that create more of the surrender, the relaxation, the safety, and not the things that are going to be startling or jarring to them.
0: Well, you covered so much wonderful information. I think it's a really, a really great start. I think what we'll have to do is have you come back for chapter two sometime because I'm, I'm really interested to see what the response is going to be from our community. I'm sure it's going to be very, very uh, interested and I'm sure there's going to be guys who want to want to learn more. Um, so before we close out and put a bookmark in this, I want to ask you a few lightning round questions. you yes. open to that? Okay. Open. So, so what is one thing you've learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18? Just one thing.
1: Okay. Um, that a person's value that me chasing or wanting to date men from something I learned from my mom was always my mom focused so much on how did men look like, were they hot and me not seeing the other value that men have to offer past that. And so I was always, you know, looking at the wrong things and it was putting me in the wrong relationships.
0: That's a good one. It's especially powerful to hear that from a woman. So I think I think men do the same thing. I know men do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man?
1: Value. Just having integrity and that they're a safe, that they can be a safe space for... The people around
0: them yeah that's a really good one and what does the world need most from men right now
1: their hearts
0: love that answer mm-hmm. so thank you for being on here dom this is a amazing conversation i've got so much to take away from this myself where would you like to people to go follow you to find out more about what you're doing the, the men's circles that you're helping to lead as well to give us all the information
1: yes my website is yestaunter.com. I was on IG at Yes Tantra, but at 30K followers, they deleted my page because it is challenging to have sex positive conversations. So now I'm Yes Devita, D-V-I-T-A, and my YouTube channel is Yes Tantra. And I just began my first men's group. I've been coaching men for several years now, and I did my first men's group on empowered masculinity for six weeks and just going into trying to understand the challenges that men have and really support them. And I even told them, I was like, this is a co-creative space. I've coached men and I've learned so much from men, but I'm also here to listen to what you feel you need Mm. and really help provide the tools as I can. So, you know, I'm, I feel like the healing of humanity is going to come from the healing of man.
0: Wonderful. Well, Thank you for the work that you're doing and for giving us some of your time here. I really enjoyed what you had to share and I look forward to having you on here. Not too far down the road. Hopefully mm. i you on back here Thank again you.
1: soon. Yeah. I look forward to it. I want to add one last thing. Sure. It is also important for women to do their healing. I'm not saying the whole responsibility lies on men. Mm. Women need to be doing their work too, but women need men more than any of us realize.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that great punctuation mark. Thank you so much, Dom. And I look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Yes. Likewise.
0: All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for tuning in to another round of the Rising Man podcast. Please tune in each and every week and make sure you share this with the members in your community, the men who you think would get value out of being a part of the Rising Man. Thank you for all your ongoing support. And until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.